0: good to us. It's only English we say me, you know, because the whole world revolves around me. In
1: other languages, it's all of us together. Okay. Once more, I'll say in Hindi, you say in different languages. Nice and loud. Okay. Korean? No Korean? Where's he dad? He
0: went away. He knew I'll ask him that question. All right. Yes, अच्छा है यीशु अच्छा है यीशु अच्छा है अच्छा है हमको यीशु अच्छा है अच्छा है now in English, God is, so God is so good, God is so good, God is so good, He's so good to us. And so Lord, we want to thank
1: you for this amazing realization that you who broke through into time, into history, began time and history, and spoke goodness into being. We pray, O Lord, that during these days of Lent, you would indeed speak goodness into being in our lives through our lives, into our communities. In the name of Jesus, the risen Lord, we pray. Amen. Amen. So we're beginning beginning this series on on the 40 days of Lent, and uh, uh, I'm I'm hoping actually that in our private times of prayer, in our um, times as Redeemer Life Groups, or perhaps you want to create other groups that we uh, reflect on the Gospel of Mark, uh, and you will probably be able to get that in, uh, uh, you know, through our website. Uh, here, here's what I have here: the readings from today, February 23rd to uh, to February 28th is uh, Mark 1. To, uh, uh, the first chapter that we'll be reflecting on um, mark one, one through thirteen, and then uh, reflecting on uh, mark one fourteen to three six in the second week, which is March six to one to six, and then uh, March uh, eight to thirteen will be the third week where we'll be reflecting on a certain section and I won't give you all that right now, but we'll go right through to week 7, which is April 5th through uh, 11th, which is the Passion Week. The first week, of course, is Palm Sunday, which is Mark 11, and then uh, we have Monday, Thursday, which is April 9, and April 10 is Good Friday, and then, of course, we'll have the Resurrection Service on the 12th of April, so these 40 days are going to be amazing, and I'm going to request you to, to walk this journey together. I think the Gospel of Mark is just so, so powerful. It's the shortest Gospel, um, but so appropriately kind of lined up with, um, with these 40 days of life encounters with, with Jesus the Redeemer. Redeemer life, encountering Jesus for 40 days, the Redeemer. So that is that's gonna be the theme for, for the next 40 days or so. Why 40 is the question, right? It's why 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 40? Um, it, Mark's gospel begins with the word beginning. In this is the beginning. N R K. And that's the beginning of, of, of the first words in the Greek translation of the Old Testament which talks about the beginning, the beginning. Um, when God breaks through, there is th- the whole world is like a wilderness. The English translation, I think, does not get it because it talks about it being a void, it being something like that, formless, void, different translations have different connotations there. But the whole idea there is, it was a wilderness, it was a howling wilderness. And God created So that's what the whole Bible is all about. How God breaks through when human beings construct wilderness and destruction and and horrible things that are happening in Sudan, that are happening in India, that are happening in in South America, in Colombia. That's where I try to take my students to. But but God breaks through. So so God created and it was all good. It was all good. It was, it was really nice. It was beautiful. People like to be with each other. You know, human beings kind of went and hugged animals, and all the animals hugged them back. Isn't that great? The lion and the tigers and, and the monkeys, and they all you go and say hello to each other, and they hugged each other, you know. In the in, in United States, in Western society, especially in, in, when you go to Sweden, they just shake your hand, you know. Hugging is not allowed in Sweden. But I think they hugged each other. Don't you think so? What do you think? Genesis chapter 2. And then you go to the serpent, and the serpent is a snake, and the snake, um, 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 a cobra will say, Oh, that's so sweet. Let me give you a hug. That's cool, isn't it? Don't you? Come on. Snakes are good. But something happened in Genesis 3. Right? Something happened in Genesis 3. Something happened in Genesis chapter 6 where people are doing horrible things to each other. There's violence. And and, and men called sons of God are doing bad things to women called daughters of human beings. And and horrible things are happening. And then God sends the flood. For how many days? Forty days. And 40 nights. There's another wilderness. This time it's a watery wilderness to cleanse horrible things that human beings do to each other. And it's almost like there's a new creation out of that 40 days. Out of that 40 days. So there's those kinds of 40 days that keep on happening in the book of Genesis. They continue to happen in the book of Genesis. And then, and then God selects this one guy whose name is Moses. And, and Moses is 40 years old. Uh, he's been to the best universities of that time in, in this place called Egypt and Pharaoh's house. He had done this amazing learning in chariots and horses and, and how to make use of the latest technology of that time. And he says, I'm going to do something about this people. Well, he had to flee into the wilderness for how long? Another 40 years. He's in the wilderness. Why in the wilderness? Remember Genesis chapter 1 and verse 2. He's in the wilderness for 40 years. Till he learns that, you know, he's really nothing. I mean, he's living with animals. He's talking to animals. There is no one he can talk to. So, of course, his IQ goes down. That's what happens when you hang around with animals all the time. No, animals are good. But all the time might be something else. So God comes to him when he is 80 years old, 40 plus 40, do you see that? 40 plus 40, God comes to uh, Moses and says, Moses, kiddo, I've got some work for you to do. So, when you're 80, God comes to you and says to you, I've got some work for you to do. What will you say to God? God. You'll say, okay. No, you'll say, I'm retired. I want to sleep now. What's wrong with you, God? I'm 80 years old. I, I want to I retire nicely. I want to spend time with my grandchildren and my great-grandchildren and all that stuff. And, but God says, kiddo, I've got some work for you to do. And God uses him for another 40 years to to hang, handle these people who are grumbling all the time and, and who are muttering all the time. And, uh, but, 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 but God uses him and God shows him stuff like he takes him to the same place where he first encountered him at Mount Sinai. And, um, and he tells him, Moses, are you ready for this? You've got to fast for 40 days and 40 nights. No food, no water. Have you ever done that? Forty days. No food, no water. And at the end of that, God gives him the Ten Commandments. And there's this amazing thing, display of God's amazing power. There's thunder and there's lightning. And and all kinds of things happen, but at the end of the forty days the people and moses encounter god in his greatness at the end of that 40 days of fasting and prayer but of course the people they grumble they continue to grumble So God takes them into this wilderness and teaches them lessons for another 40 years. So if you go through the book called the book of Numbers, which our English language is called Numbers because that's the translation of uh, of the Greek title of the book. uh, All because in chapter 1 of Numbers, God says Moses number all the people. So these Greek people said the whole book should be called Numbers. Can you believe it? You know, what do we do with Greek people? I don't know. And then we copy them. We also call it numbers. The Hebrew title is in the wilderness. Bamid Bar. Because there's 40 lessons of training that God had to take the community to. Through, so that they would learn to be people who would be prepared for the next step in life. Forty lessons, it's so powerful. And at some point maybe we will be able to do the book of Numbers. But you have 40 lessons of becoming a community that's ready to absorb the rest of the world and give them the gospel. They were not ready for it. So for 40 years they were in the wilderness and then god chooses a person after that whose name is this moses moses is followed by joshua do you know how old was he when god chose him to lead he was 40 years old now that's not old come on come on guys is 40 old no my students will tell me you know. The 18-year-old kids, to say, 40, that's old. Oh, 40 years old, that's old. You know, it's, it's perspectival, right? When you're my age, you don't call 40 old. Don't you dare call 40 old. What do you say, Shah? Just begin. Just begin. That's true. Life is just beginning at 40. I think it's just beginning at 40. What do you think? There's midlife. Okay, it's perspectival. <laughs> um, so Joshua is chosen at 40. Do you know pretty much all the kings of the Bible started at 40? And they ruled for 40 years. So 40 is a huge number in the Bible. 40 is a pretty large number in the Bible. Right through, you'll find the number 40 appear over and over And over again, let me give you one more illustration. Then we'll dive into Mark chapter 1. So are you ready for this? There's a guy by the name of Jonah. Do you remember Jonah? Yeah? He's this guy that you don't want to be like. Because God says to him, I've got some work for you to do. And and Jonah runs away and, and, and he thinks he can run away from God. Can you run away from God? I don't know. Have you tried to run away from God? Who's tried to run away from God? What well, we all have, right? Um, God follows him. He says, I want you to go to Nineveh, I, I want you to go there because I've got a task for you to do and, and you've got to go and proclaim the gospel to them and, and you've, got to, you've got to tell them about how God wants to reach out to them and, and to, to enable them to turn around and, and, and turn away from the evil ways and the violence and the bad things that they do in society there. So Jonah goes there and he preaches the gospel message. You know what is it? What's the gospel? Do you remember? It's found in Jonah chapter 3 and verse 3. Do you remember that? Again, in the English translation, because English is a horrible language, it says something like,
0: 40 days.
1: Do you remember that? 40 days and Nineveh will be? Destroyed 40 days. Can you believe it? He went around and he had this one line message. I think you will be happy if your pastor has one line messages. All you do is one line and then keep repeating it right through. And what's the line? 40 days and Nineveh will be destroyed.
0: 40 days and you people
1: will be destroyed. 40 days. That's all he kept saying. Do you know what it is in Hebrew? It's not destroyed. It's 40 days and you all will be transformed. 40 days and you all will be. Nahama in Hebrew is you all will be transformed. And that was the message that God gave Jonah to proclaim. And it seems to me that as we consider these series of 40s right through the Bible, we need to keep that in mind. We have a choice. Either to go to society and say, This society is doing horrible things. I wish you the worst. You all go to hell. Or to say, 40 days. I want society around me to be transformed. And that's the choice that we have in our society today as we prepare for these 40 days of Lent. Do we want society to encounter Genesis 1? Or do we want society to encounter a message of destruction and death? It seems to me that the end of it We have the answer, right? What is it? Jesus rose from the dead. That is the goal. So it begins with Mark chapter 1. And let's dive into it and see what are some of the lessons that we can get about how did Jesus approach this. So would you arise with me and let's read this. Let's read Mark chapter 1. Mark chapter 1. It says... The beginning of... Well, let's read it together. Mark 1, 1 through 13. The beginning of the good news about Jesus the Messiah, the Son of God, as it is written in Isaiah the prophet, I will send my messenger ahead of you who will prepare your way, a voice of one calling in the wilderness. Prepare the way for the Lord. Make straight paths for him. And so John the Baptist appeared in the wilderness preaching a baptism of repentance for the forgiveness of sins. The whole Judean countryside and all the people of Jerusalem went out to him, confessing their sins. They were baptized by him in the River Jordan. John wore clothing made of camel's hair with a leather belt around his waist and he ate locusts and wild honey And this was his message. After me comes the one more powerful than I, the straps of whose sandals I'm not worthy to stoop down and untie. I baptize you with water, but he will baptize you with the Holy Spirit. At that time, Jesus came from Nazareth in Galilee and was baptized by John in the Jordan, just as Jesus was coming up out of the water He saw heaven being torn open and the Spirit descending on him like a dove. And a voice came from heaven, You are my son whom I love. With you I am well pleased. At once the Spirit sent him out into the wilderness and he was in the wilderness 40 days. Being tempted by Satan, he was with wild animals and angels attended to him. Do you see how he transforms the wilderness into the Garden of Eden? It's so powerful, right? So powerful. Well, you may be seated and let me ask you questions. I, I gave you kind of a, a very brief synopsis of how does the Bible engage with the, with the Old Testament. Um, what are some of what are some of the lessons that you draw from this text so if you if you kind of scroll through the text again so that people can look at it what are some of the lessons go think about it right from genesis to Genesis chapter 1, Genesis 6-9, through Genesis 12, Exodus chapter 3, Exodus chapter 1. We talked about some of those. I gave you kind of a brief synopsis of the history of the Old Testament. Why do you think Mark's gospel is beginning with these words? What What are some of the lessons that we can draw from here? What is the... What's the main thing that comes out to you? So, what is a word? Let's let's start with a word. One word, young people. One word. Sorry. Oh, prepare. Yes, yes, prepare. So, there's something about preparation. Prepare. Another word? Oh, yes. So, it is from the Old Testament. I don't like that word, Old Testament. You know, um, I don't know. Some people call it First Testament. Some people say the Hebrew Bible. So, Old Testament. That's almost like saying 40 years is old. So... I don't know, that hurts me. So do you think the Old Testament is hurt when you call it the Old Testament? So from, from, from the Hebrew Bible, is that okay? okay? Hebrew Bible. Anything else? So it's all related. You don't understand Jesus until you understand the Hebrew Bible. Good news, good news, or gospel, good news. Gospel. So Jesus is beginning with the good news. And he uses some people. Who are they? What are they called? What is, what is the person called? What's John the Baptist called? Oh, he's a prophet. Okay, he's a prophet. What else? He's a prophet. Oh, messenger. Do you know actually the word is angelos? He's an angel. We are all angels. Can you say that to each other? You're an angel. Can you say that? You're an angel. You're an angel. Which means you're a messenger. You're carrying the good news. Angelos. Angel. Messenger. It's so interesting. Some places it will be translated as messengers. Some, people, some places it will be translated as angels, but then they're all wearing white clothing, And you say others are not messengers. But what kind of a person is he? What do you think about John the Baptist? Do you, would you like to dress up like John the Baptist? Let's see. Next Sunday, all of us have to be dressed up like John the Baptist. Yay. Don't you think that will be great? Yeah. What kind of clothing? So clothing. Sorry, he's wearing what? Camel skin. Oh, camel skins. Camel skin. This is really raw. Okay, it'll be smelly camel skin. This is not cured and all that. It's smelly camel skin. So, camel skin. What else? Oh, leather. So he's got. He's. He's a. He likes leather. All kinds of leather. This is not cured leather. What else? Oh, he ate locusts. Do you want to eat locusts? You want to eat locusts? You like locusts? It is delicious. Okay, locusts. He ate locusts. Wild honey. Wild honey. What is wild honey? Wild honey is really, really raw and horrible tasting honey. Wild straight off. I don't think we've had that. Has anyone had wild honey? Put your hand into the nest and it's a horrible experience. Well, he must have been bitten a lot by the bees. Don't you think so? So what kind of a person is he? He's a rather odd person, isn't he? I don't know if you would want a friend like that. He's also homeless. He does not live in a home. He lives in the wilderness. He lives in the wilderness. He eats odd food. He dresses up in an odd way. What do you think about that? Sorry? You think it's normal? All right. I don't know. Would you like to have friends like that? You do? <laughs> Look at her. <laughs> What do you think? So this would be, this would be the idea of a homeless person, isn't it? I mean, when I take students to Lower Wacker Drive and they hang around with the homeless people, one of the first things that homeless people say is this, thank you so much for talking to us. Because no one wants to talk to us. They see us there and just look the other way. Or maybe John the Baptist was like that. Um, When I was in the streets of Mumbai, the red light district last week, that's one of the things that those dear women said to me and my friends. You're talking to us. Thank you so much for talking to us. No one wants to talk to us. But maybe John the Baptist was like that. Maybe God chooses people like that to be angelos. Maybe there are people like that whom God would lead us to in this next 40 days. Whom God would use to give the good news. Maybe they are not normal people like you and I trying to wear a bow tie. Maybe there are people who are completely different from us because God has always taken chosen people like Moses, like Elijah. Elijah is another character. Do you know what did he do? He ran for 40 days, an ultra marathon, all the way from Israel to Mount Sinai. He just kept running and running and running. I don't think he slept. For 40 days and 40 nights, he just ran. So, pretty odd people, right? Don't you think so? Pretty odd people. You want, would you want one of those to be a pastor? with the search committee? Search for people like that. <laughs> you know, like Elijah that's running for 40 days and 40 nights. And, and, uh, and John the Baptist there. But God chooses people like that. And then what else do you notice? It begins with the word beginning, right? The beginning. So obviously we need to realize that whatever we encounter in the next 40 days, God already knows. God establishes what he will do. And he knows it from the beginning, from Genesis chapter 1. So whatever happens in the next 40 days, we've got to go in line with God's purposes from the beginning and say, Lord, I don't know what's going to happen in the next 40 days in my life or in our life as a Redeemer life, church, but you know and I want to fit in into that, what you have purposed from the beginning. And it is etched in the Bible, in the Old Testament prophets, in the Hebrew Bible. And we need to, we need to soak ourselves into God's purposes that are found in the Old Testament. You know, one of the, one of the saddest parts in the history of the church is that many times people have tried to get rid of the Old Testament. And when we do that, then we miss the whole meaning of the Bible It is etched in the fabric of the Old Testament. And then we need to realize that God uses common people. Odd people. It's okay to be odd. We don't need to fit into society. It's okay to be odd. Because God has used odd people like John the Baptist, like Elijah. What's the goal of the 40 days? It's this huge revival that Jonah didn't envisage. Maybe he didn't, because in chapter four, he's pouting. There's a revival that took place in chapter three. The king became a believer. Everyone else, even the animals, became believers. I mean, it's so fascinating. And Jonah goes to the corner of the city and he says, I don't like this, God. I don't like this. So maybe we have to change our thoughts and say, God, you bring about a revival. Nachama, The word repent is actually a word which means it's a mutual turning towards each other. And here's how it happens. When we turn our eyes towards God and we change from the inside out, God enables us to change more and in a better way. That's what repentance means. It's a mutual relationship between God who has this amazing compassion for us and wants us to turn. And the moment we turn a little bit. He says I'm going to help you a little more. This is so God. I'm going to help you a little more. And that's what happens in Jonah chapter 3. And that's what God says here. Until, the, until everyone comes. And they want to be baptized. That is so powerful isn't it? And I think that should be the goal. Of our 40 days. Are you ready for this? Let us see that at least seven people get baptized on Easter morning. That experience resurrection. Dying to your old self and experiencing resurrection. My prayer is that God will bring about a revival as it happened in Jonah chapter 3. And as John the Baptist experienced here and that's why Jesus goes into the wilderness for 40 days and then he emerges to do amazing stuff and my prayer is that we will walk this journey with Jesus and at the end of this 40 days we will see a huge, huge revival here in Vernon Hills and in Libertyville and all over Chicago Let's pray. In this moments of silence, I had request us to to ponder over this passage. Maybe you are in a place like is found in Genesis chapter 1 and verse 2, a, a place of wilderness in your life and, and darkness and a sense of hopelessness. And the Spirit of God is saying to you, I want to bring about good in your life. And I want to bring light into your life right in the midst of that wilderness. Would you come to Him and say, Lord, shine on me? I want to turn towards you, O Lord. I want to repent. Would you turn towards me and enable me to see that light? I want to turn to you fully, emotionally, mentally, spiritually, psychologically, physically. Take my all. And maybe you're thinking that you're just a common person, you're a nobody. And perhaps God is saying to you, no, you're not nobody. I use nobodies. Would you come before God and say, Lord, in this 40 days, prepare me to be used just like you used John the Baptist. You drew people into the wilderness. May people be drawn towards you. And then maybe God is leading you to people who need to be baptized. Or maybe you need to be baptized. Would you pray about it and say, Lord, at the end of this 40 days, I want to witness to you in baptism. Till then, I want to experience constant resurrection. Oh, Lord, hear these prayers. Oh, Lord, bring about personal revivals and revival here at Redeemer Life and revival in Vernon Hills and in Libertyville. Give us big minds and big hearts to see your vision, O oh Lord, to be fulfilled among us. In the name of the risen Lord Jesus as we look forward to that day of resurrection, Easter Sunday. In his name we pray.